just enjoy every moment. I, and I think I learned that more than anything during COVID is, you know, you may have all the plans in the world. You may have your life figured out and, and a whole business plan for your company. And then all of a sudden, you know, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You just have to appreciate every moment and live your life to the fullest and enjoy it because it's not going to last forever. Welcome back or welcome to the Business and Board Shorts podcast. Today's guest is Rebecca Fordham from Delray Beach, Florida with Calusa Waterware. She started the business in 2016 and it's an active lifestyle brand, apparel brand there in Florida. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Thank you for joining me. So can you tell our listeners, what is the vibe like in Delray Beach? Well, Delray Beach is, um, I believe for probably like 10 years, we have been the number one seaside town in America. And um, we are on the East coast of Florida. We're about a half hour south of Palm Beach and about a half hour north of Fort Lauderdale, if that kind of gives you an idea um, of where we are located. Um, The vibe here is we have a really quaint downtown area. It's historic and there's a lot of small businesses in the downtown area um, and it has a lot of um, really fun restaurants and it's a really nice like place to come for a relaxing vacation. How long have you lived there? I have lived here since 2013, um, but I did live in Florida. Um, I kind of came and went um, living in Florida. So I was here for 10 years, left, and then came back. So I've been back since 2013, so about seven years now. So were you always in Delray Beach then? No, I actually started out in uh, living in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and I was working down in Miami. So I would commute down to Miami every day, which is about a 45 minute to an hour drive. And, um, then when I came back to Florida, I ended up living in Delray beach. What would you say is the difference between Fort Lauderdale and Delray beach? Well, Fort Lauderdale has changed a lot over the years. Um, when I lived there, um, in my twenties, it was more of a party town, um, there was a big spring break crowd that would come there and they have passed a lot of laws recently to change um, the nightlife. And so over the past 20 years, it really has changed um, in terms of going out um, and the businesses that are allowed to be there and the hours that they're allowed to be open. The vibe in Fort Lauderdale, I think, has also changed a bit too, whereas the Latin community has come up from Miami and are are living more in Broward County, which is Fort Lauderdale. Um, And here in Palm Beach County or Southern Palm Beach County, where I live, we have a bit more of a New York type of crowd. Let's transition to the early part of your career. You were in a big corporate setting, correct? I was, yes. My first job was working for Perry Ellis International down in Miami. I started out as an assistant designer for someone there. Um, and what was interesting is that I, uh, throughout my career, I have always worked in the mass market. So when I worked for Perry Ellis, I um, 
I would, I would design for mass merchants like Kmart and Target and Walmart. Um, and as I grew in that company and became a designer, um, I still continued to work in, in that, um, in that area. So I, I know the mass market very well. And then you moved up to Minneapolis and worked with Target, right? I did. After, so I was in um, Miami for about seven years and I kind of wanted to see what it was like on the retail side um, of things. And I always was so impressed by Target when I would go and, and call on them as a, as a um, wholesaler. And so um, I was interviewing around and just kind of wanted to see what else was out there. I ended up getting a job with Target. Um, and it was interesting because my background is fashion. I, I studied fashion design in school. And when I went to Target, they had a position open in luggage. They said, look, we're looking for someone to bring fashion into luggage, even though you're not a, um, you're more of a fat, you're on more on the fashion side. I can't think of the name of the designer, like an engineer, you know, we really need somebody to bring that fashion element. So that's why I ended up going up there. And it was really a truly an eye-opening experience because I got to work in so many different aspects of design. So I was in luggage first and then I went to home goods. So I was doing soft home with, you know, window panels and toss pillows and dish towels and things like that. And um, I really learned a lot about product design. Um, and I learned a lot about how to research products and the industry and what people need and make it all come together so that I'm designing products that the world needs. It's not just something that, you know, is just kind of a new product that's out there and, and who knows if it'll work or not. How did you transition from Target to starting your own business? I was at Target for almost 10 years and I was really, um, I got, I got a little burnout. I'm not going to lie. Um, Target is an amazing company, but I was living there by myself. My family was in Florida. Um, and I really didn't have much of a support system in Minneapolis. Um, and I really kind of felt the need to come back home. Um, I didn't really know what I was going to do here. Um, there's not a lot of work for designers in Florida, which is, you know, um, I've been very lucky with, with my career that I have been able to find what I have. And, um, but I just really felt this need to come home. I wanted to be closer to my parents and I kind of quit Target and didn't really have, I ended up moving in with my parents for a couple months so I could figure, <laughs> figure things out. And, um, I ended up, finding a job at about three months later at a small children's furniture company in Boca Raton. And how did the idea for your current business come about? I wasn't overly challenged at the children's furniture company. And um, I, I, I felt a need for a creative outlet and I wasn't sure what that looked like or anything. So I just kind of started exploring Florida with my husband and um, we ended up going on a trip to Sanibel for my 41st birthday, I believe. So Sanibel Island is on the West coast of Florida. It's about three hours from Delray beach. So we drove over there and we just kind of went on a little vacation and I wanted to go shelling. And so I, I started picking up all these shells on the beach and we went to the shell museum on Sanibel Island and there was an exhibit on the Calusa people 
um, which are the indigenous people of South Florida. And it talked about how they use shells as tools and weapons and all sorts of things. And I just kind of stood and stared at the exhibit. I remember just staring at it and thinking, this is such a beautiful name. I want to do something with it, but I don't know what it is yet. And I just thought to myself, I need to remember this. And so uh, a few weeks later, after we came back from our vacation, I ended up meeting with a girlfriend of mine who I used to work with at Perry Ellis. And, you know, she, she kept saying to me, she said, you know, you need to contact so-and-so because I really think you should think about starting your own company. And, and I had been toying with that in my head. Like I said, I was looking for that creative outlet. And then one day I was just driving in the car and it just came to me that I should do t-shirts for people who like to vote. <laughs> and so um, I ended up contacting some designers that I'd worked with in the past um, and came up with some artwork, got a manufacturer and kind of had my first production run. And I went to a local art festival here in town and everything was very, very well received. And I just kind of did this as a hobby. It didn't really have um, a plan. I didn't have a business plan. I just kind of did it as a way to be creative. There's two things I love, catching rays and catching new business. But getting tan is a lot easier than getting your business found online. If you're struggling to get new customers from your website, let my decade of experience work for you. Surf on over to callmect.com and fill out a quick form. I'll be sure to answer as soon as I get back from the beach. How did it initially start when you were like, I'm going to make shirts? Like the, the demographic, demographic of who you were going after, did that, has that changed since the beginning? Yes. So um, I have always been a menswear designer uh, at Perry Ellis. I designed menswear um, at Target. I was, I worked in menswear as well. And so my thought was I wanted this to be a menswear brand because it, the, the aesthetic is something that really doesn't exist out there for men, nor does it really for women. Um, but, but I really just kind of wanted this to be a menswear line because that's what I knew. I knew the market. And um, as I started selling the product, it was women, it was attracting women. It wasn't, I mean, it, it doesn't definitely attracts men. And I do have a menswear line, um, but um, it's become more of a women's wear brand, which is actually really exciting for me because it's something that I can finally wear after all these years. I've never been able to wear my own designs. So um, I, so now I am able to wear the designs and my husband wears the men's stuff, obviously, but it's, it's fun to be able to represent the line and wear my own stuff sometimes. Initially, you know, had the manufacturing offsite, but now you've brought that onsite. Can you talk, talk to someone like myself that I've never really been in that, the e-commerce world or, you know, the uh, apparel world. So what difference does that make? you know, to your bottom line or just in general to have that kind of set up then in-house? Um, it, it made a huge difference. So first of all, the reason that I did it was that having someone else print the goods was very costly. 
not only did I have to pay for the goods, um, I also, I was basically paying a wholesale price, but then I was also paying for shipping. So it was really cutting into my margin. On top of that, I really wasn't happy with the quality I was getting. Um, and so I started researching a little bit and, um, thank goodness, you know, my dad kind of helped me with this a little bit and we kind of talked about, okay, well, what would it look like if I, if I bought the equipment and had it and, and I did the manufacturing. And so I did, I did some research. I went to some conventions, um, and I found out, you know, it really didn't cost that much. It probably was an investment of about $5,000 to buy the equipment. I needed to buy a special type of printer. I needed to buy a heat press. Um, and then I probably put about $20,000 over time into buying inventory, um, which ended up being very good because I could control the quality. I can um, only print when I have an order. The good thing about that is I'm not buying a bunch of inventory and trying to guess, oh, that design's going to be a winner because you don't really know that until you start selling. And so it really helps me control my costs um, from uh, an inventory perspective, as well as um, from, you know, bestseller type of situation too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Where do you want to see this go two, three, four years down the road? Oh my gosh. Um, well, COVID has changed everything. <laughs> so I finally, um, I finally just in January of 2020, I quit my full-time job to focus on Calusa 100%. And I was so excited. And then of course, March, 2020 came and the world shut down. Um, so it was very interesting, you know, at that point we were just trying to keep our heads above water. Um, we got very creative and I started using my sewing skills from, you know, my younger days and we started making masks. I taught my husband how to make masks and we had a production line in our living room. I think at that point before COVID happened, I really wanted to open my own store. I really wanted to kind of dive more into the, um, custom apparel business, because the good thing about doing the manufacturing myself is I can do manufacturing for other people or printing for other people. So I do a lot of custom business. I print other people, other people's apparel line, apparel lines, as well as my own. And, um, I do a lot of work for like private label for stores, that type of thing. So that being said, that's kind of where we were before COVID. And then Coming out of COVID, what's happened is that I've started to go to some trade shows. I've started to sell my line um, wholesale to boutiques. Um, and fi I'm finding that it's a lot easier for me to go to a trade show and sell my products to other people and have them sell them to the, directly to the public than it is for me to have to, you know, figure out how to market the product. Um, which is very difficult. I don't know if you've ever had any experience um, in marketing, but I certainly haven't. And so I've had to learn everything I know, you know, from just reading and, and kind of trial and error. So um, it's been really interesting, but I, I definitely think in the future there, what I would like to see is I, I, I would like some sort of a retail outlet at, at some point. Um, I would like to continue to do the custom 
work for others. And um, I would like to continue to grow the wholesale business. So what I've learned, um, one of the things I've learned through my career is that you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. So if you can figure out different ways to um, kind of market yourself and, and different outlets to sell your goods, um, it, it, it's more of a safety net than it is just trying to sell to one customer all the time. What would you say is the best business advice you've ever received? Um, and I think I just want to go back to that because I think to what I just said, I think that is the best business advice. And it's something that I have seen other small companies do and unfortunately fail. You don't want to have just one customer. You want to have, you know, um, one thing that I did learn when I was at Target was you don't want to have more than a third of your business in any one outlet. I think that's the best advice I've ever heard. And I think it's something very difficult because when you have a good customer or a good group of customers, you want to keep going back if you know that they're going to keep buying. But you have to be able to diversify yourself so that you don't get in a situation where all of a sudden one day they may go out of business or they may not be able to buy anymore and you're stuck then. I love that, you know, that there's so many parallels there, even from a marketing sense, you know, getting stuck on one particular platform. If that platform goes down, then, then where do you go? I mean, then you lost everything. What would you say is the best life advice you've ever received? Just enjoy every moment. I, and I think I learned that more than anything during COVID is, you know, you may have all the plans in the world. You may have your life figured out and, and a whole business plan for your company. And then all of a sudden, you know, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. No one knows. And, you know, you hear of so many things that have happened during COVID, like families not being able to get together or someone being sick and you can't go see them. And I just think you just have to appreciate every moment. Um, and live your life to the fullest um, and enjoy it because it's not going to last forever. And it's not all about making money either. You know, I mean, money's nice <laughs> and it helps us live the life we want, but it's not everything. When If you don't have a good family, a good support system, it's not, it's not really worth it. I love that. Thank you very much for joining me. Where can my listeners check you out online? Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me so much. I really appreciate it. Um, you can find me on my website, shopcalusa.com and that's S H O P C A L O O S A. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're still here. Well, well, I have you, if you found today's episode valuable or useful, I would love if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. It really helps to expand the reach of the podcast. And if not, then just forget the last 10 seconds. Thanks. Talk to you next week.